<laughs> hey, Tony, how's it going, my friend? Hey, how are you? Good to see you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, let's just tell the viewers a little bit about you first. What, what got you into this? Yeah, I'm a retired trucker now turned uh, media mogul. Uh, I, I, I was truck, I was a truck driver, started a podcast, uh, in the paranormal field and, uh, started interviewing people on their paranormal experiences. And, uh, the show grew, uh, a lot. I started back in 2017 when the competition wasn't as strong as it is today, but, uh, we, we have a larger podcast. And then what we decided to start doing was, uh, going to the scene of these incidences that are, you know, some of the legendary incidences on the show. We, I mean, I've, tomorrow i'm coming out with episode 592 so i can't go to all 592 places but uh some of the legendary stories on the show we try to visit and uh spend a week on scene documenting our journey and what got you into skinwalker well uh it started with episode 202 so a long long time ago i had a guy on my show and uh he he had an interesting story where he didn't really know much about skinwalkers. He didn't know what skinwalker ranch was. And he was in the area of skinwalker ranch and he's driving his truck and he saw an elderly person walking down the road. And when uh, he approached, he stopped and asked if they needed help, if they needed a ride. He said they didn't say anything to him. They just opened the truck door and sat down inside. And the next thing he knew, he was hanging out his truck down the road catatonic just out of it he calls the police and the the uh the reservation police come out and uh he tells them what happens and he they told him you were nabbed by a skinwalker and so uh he's like (laughs) what's a skinwalker and so he starts researching it and he totally gets taken over by it uh and he somehow now he lives he doesn't live in utah he lives in a different state but somehow he convinced his wife to allow him to buy property that borders Skinwalker Ranch for research purposes. And, uh, <laughs> and with her blessing, he bought uh, uh, about 10 acres on that, uh, that borders Skinwalker Ranch. And he calls it Space Wolf Research. And I asked him, I said, why, why did you settle the name Space Wolf Research? And he said it literally is because of the sheer amount of UFO sightings and upright walking dogs that people see in this area. And so he said, I'm just going to call it Space Wolf Research. And so I at that during that interview, I asked him, I said, do you let people come out and uh, do any kind of investigations? And, you know, back when I asked him that I was still driving truck. I was not in the, the position to do a trip like that. And he said, no, that they don't let anybody on the properties for private use only. And then after we were done recording, he goes, dude, you're totally coming out. And I was like, oh, perfect. He, he just didn't want to say it publicly and have a bunch of people asking. So uh, I put that in the back of my head. And we last year in, I believe, June last year, we uh, me and my team went out to Space Wolf Research to spend a week out there. And what we wanted to do was to... Um, not only document the weird stuff that happens because you know you can't really control that if it happens or not but to get the the native american perspective on it because uh a lot of people know about skinwalker ranch it's hot in the news people talk about it all the time and what we wanted to do was to show the world that this is not a phenomenon that stops at the fence line of skinwalker ranch but this is something that is in the entire uinta basin and it turns out what happened is back in the 90s, the Shermans, they bought this ranch. They were the first uh, white people to own it outside the Native Americans. And apparently 
it really kind of broke some rules. You weren't even supposed to sell that land to anybody that wasn't native. And uh, they wound up buying it, purchasing it, and they started experiencing all this weird phenomenon, these these upright walking dogs, UFOs, portals opening up, hauntings and Bigfoot, all this crazy stuff. And uh, they, they were kind of freaking out about it and, and made news. And so uh, when they started talking about this Skinwalker phenomenon, uh, it became known as Skinwalker Ranch. But uh, in reality, the natives were just like, this is something that happens all the time. And so we wanted to get the native perspective when we went out there, uh, knowing that we, we couldn't, you know, on demand get the activity. Uh, fortunately for us, we did get a lot of activity and we were able to document that. But uh, it, it was a, it was a really wild journey for sure, for sure. So you've mentioned quite a lot of different incidents across a variety. Is there like a grand catalog of the total amount of things that have been documented? Do we know anything like that? Yeah, so uh, I don't know if there's uh, somebody has anything, everything filed, but I can tell you that if you heard of it, it's probably happened at Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, it's, it's one of those places where I, I kind of call it like the, the thinning of the veil um a portal location in general where people uh the, the these weird things seem to happen and a lot of people kind of come into these topics with their own op opinions and perspectives on how it all works and stuff but uh it definitely seems like there's something going on above the ground on the ground and below the ground uh they've detected a lot of anomalies uh inside the earth in this area uh the property that we were on actually had um uh, magnetic anomalies that are so strong that we believe are responsible for moving an entire trailer on the property. Uh, a week before we got out there, Ryan called me and said that they had a 40-foot container on the property for storage. The, those containers that are on shipping yards, those big things, thick metal, heavy. Uh, he said that it lifted up and moved. It rotated 90 degrees and then was dropped down. It actually hit the shed that it was sitting next to and so when we went out there, we, we actually did some investigation on that, trying to understand how is this possible? Did somebody, you know, come on the property with a, a crane and move it to pull a prank? Uh, we called uh, companies that rent out heavy machinery in the area. Nobody rented anything out. The, the property keeper on the property there, the caretaker, he lives right next to the only entrance to the property. And his job is to live on the property, be on the property. So he's always there. And uh, he never heard a tractor trailer backing into the property down this dirt driveway to move it such a trailer with heavy machinery. And uh, what we're only thing we can figure is that the magnetic anomaly underground had some kind of burst of energy where it pushed this thing up and moved it. But it didn't go too high because there's no drag marks on the ground where this thing could have been drug. It was literally lifted up. But there, there are about four or five rocks that were about five inches uh, out of the ground, but they were still in the hole that they were sitting in for a long period of time, and the tops were scraped. So this thing wasn't lifted very high, but it was lifted high enough to rotate and move on the property a little bit. It was very bizarre. Wow. So if anyone has questions for Tony Merkel, put them in the chat Please. wherever you are watching this. Uh, we're talking about Skimwalker Ranch. So Margaret is wondering whether Louis Lamour wrote a story about this. Uh, I'm not even sure who Louis Lamour is, but I would say if 
you've heard of Skinwalker Ranch, possibly, right? Because uh, th- this is just something that really has been around for quite a while. I mean, since I was a kid in high school, I, mean, I graduated in 2003 and Skinwalker Ranch was talked about back then, you know, for well, for me, I was kind of on the weird side. I, <laughs> I like talking about this stuff. But uh, yeah, Skinwalker Ranch has been around for a while. These phenomenons have been around for a while. And um, the, the Skinwalker idea, it, it, you get a lot of different perspective depending on who you're talking to. Uh, so for, for my understanding, a skinwalker itself is somebody who, uh, wanted to possess very dark, uh, evil magic. And the only way to do it was to go through certain rituals. Part of that, that process was to sacrifice a loved one and not just like somebody who you liked that was your next door neighbor, but this has to be somebody that, you know, a parent, a spouse, a child, uh, there has to be a, a real emotional connection to the person and uh, it kind of that kind of draws the picture as to what kind of people we're dealing with that uh, would even be able to become a skinwalker. These are people who are, are just dark individuals to begin with and want mar- more of the darkness. And uh, we believe we came across a uh, ritual circle that was a skinwalker ritual circle while we were out there. And it was it was pretty shocking. So Kaz is wondering, what is the guy's name who bought the ranch after Bigelow and does he still own it? Uh, he does still own it, and uh, it's really funny because I can, I am drawing a blank right now as to what his name is, and I should know that. Uh, but yeah, the guy who bought it after Bigelow, he is a. Uh, it's going to bother me. It's going to come to me after I'm done talking with you. Uh, but he is a real estate guy in Utah, a very wealthy guy, and has always been fascinated by the ranch itself. And so when he when it came up for sale, he purchased it, and. Uh, then started his own research and so we had talked to people who owned the property or worked on the property during bigelow uh there's a guy named chris bartell uh he is former military he spent i think six years as security on the property and has documented a lot of wild things uh and now what they're doing on the ranch is they're trying to understand the the scientific nature of the the phenomenon. And I think the more they've dove into the science of it, the more they've circled back around to this is really weird. And I don't have any science to explain what we just what we just experienced, you know, <laughs> especially when you have like a scientist who is out there really trying to do the scientific perspective and he sees uh, lights on, on the ground, like hovering above the ground that, that there's just no explanation for. And he has no explanation for it. Brandon Fugel. That's what it was. That's the name. Brandon Fugel is the name who, of the guy who owns it now. Uh, thanks for the comments there. <laughs> Gene, Gene is wondering whether Brandon lives there or did you say he lives in Utah? Uh, Brandon. Yes. Yes. He lives. Uh, I think, I believe he has his main offices in Salt Lake city uh, and he, he made his, his name in the real estate world, commercial real estate, I think it is. Uh, but, you know, all it takes is for somebody who has a uh, real passion for this stuff and the funds to back it up to really do a dent in the whole um, understanding of these topics. And that's what he is trying to do. Got a lot of respect for him, for sure. We didn't have the opportunity to be on the ranch because it's privately owned. That's why we went to Space Wolf Research, which is actually right against like the the fence, they share a fence, you know. Um, but it, it was a wild experience being out there and seeing. I've seen things that have been on the Skinwalker Ranch show that I've seen with my naked eye, and I know it's real. So it's one of those things where, for me personally, and, and people have to take my word on it, right? But uh, I, for me personally, find it very fulfilling to know that I've seen things on their show 
that are really weird. And I saw it with my naked eye. And it's just for me confirmed that this area has a lot of, of just really weird things happening in it. What was the case of the tracks that transformed from human to horse? Yeah, uh, that was the first day we were out there. So uh, I, I, we, were dri- we were driving across the country to get there. Uh, we, we decided since then we're not doing that anymore. We're going to fly because uh, it took like 30 hours to get there. And so we actually made a song about it. It's called 30 Hours to Utah. So, um, But we are on the way, and my producer, Joseph, and one of the camera guys, Christian, had uh, arrived a day early doing what good producers do, arranging things. And uh, they wound up catching uh, a UFO in broad daylight shooting across a valley. And so we were really excited getting out there. Uh, we, we arrive on scene, we park my truck, and we just start exploring this whole area, the whole property, walking around. And we go down this hillside over a creek, uh, down this pathway. And uh, I believe it was my, one of my guys, Joel, who first discovered the trackway. There was this small uh, pay, uh, trail that was going off the, the, the main pathway down into a flat area. And there was a human footprint right off trail. And what it was, uh, it was um, the area must have been very saturated at some point, a lot of mud, because the, the human footprint was about four to five inches deep into the ground. So uh, it, the ground must have been very muddy when this was made. And you see this footprint, and it's kind of like parallel with the the path we were on and then you see the trackway the person turned and started walking down the hill and as you follow the tracks going down the hill all of a sudden the human tracks are gone now remember this is muddy ground that these things were made in so it's not like it it was just all of a sudden solid ground uh and we know that because it wasn't that the footprints were just gone but then new footprints arrived and the new footprints that arrived were not human but horse Uh, We had it was hoof prints just as equally deep into the mud. And when we found it, I'm 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 out there and I'm trying to be objective and I'm trying to, you know, think, how is this possible? And I just came to the the understanding that this happened because somebody had a horse. They were walking down the hill and then they decided to hop up on the horse. And that's why their footprints disappeared. Uh, The problem with that is when we walk back up the hill where we found the footprints, there were no horse horse prints where we found the foot, the human footprints. It was human footprints only. And then all Mm. of a sudden they're gone and there's horse prints. And uh, we we were kind of scratching our head at that. And we found uh, we we got in contact with two different uh, natives that live on the reservation out there. And they both came out independently to look at the observe the tracks and also the ritual circle and the the they both came to the same conclusion separately that the trackway was uh, done by a shapeshifter, a, a, a skinwalker. And uh, so that kind of set us off on the, the week journey where, you know, the first day you're on scene before you even get there, you catch a UFO. And then before um, you even really get a dent into your investigation, you find this trackway. Uh, it, it felt like that kind of marked the whole week for us of adventure and excitement. So this land then how big is it and was some of it a burial site yeah so there the whole area apparently is burial sites uh Mm. there's just they they, this was an area where they buried their dead and uh the property that we had permission to be on we we ventured off the property uh not on the skinwalker ranch because we're not into getting arrested at least our our wives don't want us getting arrested uh (laughs) but um we, we, we explored Space Wolf Research, which was about 10 acres. Since then, he's doubled it. It's now 20 acres. Uh, and we went all over the place. Now, this whole area apparently 
is uh, burial sites. And you don't really know exactly where everybody was buried. Uh, it's, not, it's not like everything is a mound. And what's interesting is they say that when you disturb these burial sites, that's when the activity stirs up. Uh, the natives, I, I don't know who's in charge and who's making decisions, but there was a decision made to allow oil drilling on the land. And we were so close to a, an oil drill while we were out there camping that we could hear the oil drill all night long just humming as it's pumping oil in through the ground. Uh, in fact, you actually see it several times throughout the documentary because part of the property that we had permission to be on butted up against this whole land that had the oil drilling going. And so but everybody that we talked to said that the oil drilling is stirring up a lot of activity in that area. Uh, not too long before we arrived, maybe a few weeks beforehand, uh, the neighbors across the street said that they had seen uh, an upright walking dog walking through the property that we were, we were staying on. And so uh, they said that once they started drilling that's when the activity really started kicking up hauntings people seeing shadow figures in their homes uh little girl little girl uh, entities popping up in people's home in fact the uh the property caretakers he the little house that he lived in uh he had that happen where there was a little girl that just slowly arised out of the floor he saw her coming up out of the floor and uh you know that listen i think i'd rather see a, 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 like a monster charging me than seeing a little girl coming up out of the floor that is some scary stuff so a question from margaret have you ever heard of zabrinsky's point i haven't i have not at all actually that's not even something i can say oh, i think i've heard of it i don't know what that is at all so you mentioned ufos what's the range of sightings in the sky tons absolutely tons uh the, so the first th this was the sequence of events that happened that when we went out there uh, we find the trackway, and that night we find the ritual circle. Uh, real quick, the story with that is uh, my cameraman and I decided to go down where we found the trackway. And this was like one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I got game trail cams. I forgot I had them. So it's already dark out, and I don't want to go by myself because I'm scared. And so I, I get my cameraman to come with me. But his camera isn't great in low light uh, situations, and we didn't ha we hadn't unpacked the night vision yet, so he didn't bring a camera with him. Uh, he comes down just more for security. We find a, a tree that we thought would be good because it pointed in the direction of the the, pa the path that we had found with the prints. And as I'm getting ready to turn and uh, look around me to make sure the, the, that he's there and there's nothing coming up behind me, I find that he's not there behind me. He's probably about 20, 30 feet away from me with his back towards me, head looking down at his feet, hands in his in his pockets, and he, lo he looked like he was possessed. And I'm just like, what the heck? And then I look down at his feet, and I see this big skull of a, of a, like a cow. And, I, and I, that's all I saw. And so I said, Do you think, is that what I think it is? And he goes, yep. And so I said, okay. And so I hung the camera, and I come walking over. I'm thinking we're going to have a, a, a fun little thing to – kind of maybe take up the hill to the guys and scare them coming out of the bushes. When I got up to him, I found out that he wasn't just looking at a skull, but he was looking at multiple skulls and bones, and it was in the form of a circle. There was a bowl in the middle with uh, offerings, and it was clearly a ritual circle, uh, which later the natives that had come out for the trackway had also um, identified that that was actually a ritual circle for skinwalkers as well. So uh, we, we were kind of on edge, and we'd go up there, 
and we sit down around the fire and I, I approach the guys. I'm like, I need you guys to listen to this, what we found. We had taken a picture of it with Ward's phone because uh, it, it took really good low light pictures. And we're so we're passing it around the, the campfire. And as the guys are looking at it, one of the guys says, look, lights on the Mesa. And this is where this is where I say this. What happened next? We actually saw it with our but with our own eyes. But it also appeared on the TV show that people are familiar with. Uh, we look across the valley and there is this giant. I'm talking very large light shooting up into the sky from the ground. And this light was like it wasn't like a spotlight. Like you say, you had a big spotlight and you're just shooting into the sky. This was probably but from the, our vantage point, being able to see it as far away we were and how wide it was that we could see. It had to be at least 50 to 100 feet wide. Whatever was the source of this light was very large. And it was shooting this beam up into the sky. And we and this actually I, I saw on the TV show as well after we shot our own footage. And so we were able to take a picture of it because we had gotten a, a better camera out. And we took a picture of it. And so that's in the documentary. But uh, right when that happened... The, the sky just lights up with tons of UFO activity, <laughs> tons of UFO activity. And it, it lasted for hours. Uh, it wasn't just something that happened slowly. And it was like, did we see what we think? We, we know what we saw. We documented. We had hours of footage of UFOs, lights going in the sky, going different pattern formations, changing colors, not moving and changing colors. And uh, we were just like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, looking back on it, I feel like we might have, I, I don't know. It just seems like the area welcomed us that night, if, if that makes any sense. It was just like, oh, we know what you guys are here for. And we're going to give you a little, uh, we're going to give you a little party to show. Next viewer question is, does the government know full well about this paranormal activity? And are they trying to use the energy for their own nefarious reasons? Yes. Uh, yes to all of that. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm somebody who doesn't really trust my government further than I can throw a rock. Uh, so the, the government definitely does know about it. Harry Reid was a senator. He's retired now. And he was involved in the um, research on the property during the Bigelow administration. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, things uncovered scientifically. And there's, it's a real phenomenon that's been documented by the government. There have been millions of dollars of our own taxpaying money poured into this property to be studied. Uh, and as far as energy and nefarious means, I, I, can, I can certainly tell you uh, that your next guest will have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your roster for today, and I can promise you Ashton Forbes uh, knows quite a bit about the energy that it takes to make things happen in the sky. So, uh, yeah, I'd say so. Next question, is Skinwalker Ranch on ley lines? Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, I don't believe, actually, is on a the, the 33rd, 33rd parallel. I don't think so, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but there is an interesting line of magnetic anomalies that start off the ranch's property, go through the ranch, and directly line up with this place on Space Wolf Research where that trailer was lifted and moved. Uh, there's a guy named James Keenan who has done a lot of uh, research and uh, a, an understanding of the magnetic anomaly underground 
and uh, he has documented this this bizarre straight line that lines up with all this activity. In fact, on the Skinwalker Ranch, there's this triangle area that has a lot of weird things happening. That is a magnetic anomaly. And it's just interesting how this line just lines up. And what is this magnetic anomaly? We don't know. We don't know if there's some kind of underground base that there's some kind of energy being generated. Uh, I tend to think it's probably more more natural than human activity underground. Uh, But natural for me is still paranormal so i think that there's some really weird things happening which ties in nicely to the next question does any of this coincide with plutonium or uranium deposits not that i've ever heard of uh that's that's an interesting take i've never uh looked into that aspect of things um the from what i have understood is that this is a phenomenon that's happened for hundreds of years uh, well before any modern science technology tampered in the area. Uh, this is something that has been happening. And when you know about the skinwalker angle of things and the ritual aspect of it, uh, and then all the paranormal things that follow, it really kind of sets the tone that there. So people say that magic is only science that we don't understand. And maybe that's true. Uh, but I think that in this case, uh, then we're dealing with quote-unquote science that uh, we really don't understand still and is still going on. I tend to wonder sometimes about this, this, this idea of it and how is it possible that if a certain geographical area has a ton of, um, let's say, magic science that's not understood happening in it over a long extended period of time, to, is there some kind of spiritual veil that can be thinned and uh, where this, these areas tend to have more access. I don't know, but it's just a, a thought that I think about a lot. Have any ancient native bones been discovered on the stolen land? That's from Kaza. Yeah, I think that that's something that happens uh, quite often. And uh, the, not only just bones, but giant bones. Uh, this is an area that the giants, there's tons of legends of giants roaming the land uh we found uh ancient carvings while we were out there of what seemed to be giants uh you got one character that's you know over twice the size of all the other characters in the carving and that character has six fingers on each hand uh which is a common thing that was described with these giants that they had six fingers red hair uh and so it seems like the giant aspect has been uh plagued in that area and so i think that there's been a lot of cover-up when it comes to the giant bones that have been discovered all over the country here i mean all over the world really but i mean i just talked to a guy uh a couple months ago that was part of an excavation and uh, uncovered giant bones in kentucky uh back in the 80s so this is something that is nothing new for sure Question from Rebecca. Has Tony heard anything about certain frequencies of sound being used to lift and move heavy objects? One theory of how the stones for the pyramids were moved. Yeah, I I was just going to say that too, actually. I've heard that theory. And uh, I think it's definitely something to consider. Uh, We are actually going on another uh, film shoot in two weeks. We're shooting another documentary uh, in a location called uh, The Land Between the Lakes. And uh, we're basically hunting this upright walking dog, dog man creature that has been rumored to be in this area. Uh, supposedly, 
uh, researchers have documented up to possibly over 20 deaths that happened in this area that they believe came by the claws of a dog man. While we're out there, there, we're bringing a guy in who has invented a piece of machinery that he believes will do similar things like that through sound waves. Uh, but what our whole point in doing it is to see if it works. But uh, he believes that if we run this frequency and uh, long enough and powerful enough that it actually might open a portal. And if we do that, uh, well, I got guys that I'll throw in. I'm staying here, though. <laughs> so looks like we've run out of time tony there's tons of questions we'd love to get you back at some point Absolutely. um can you just let the viewers know again where they can find you and support you online yeah so uh i'm ceo of merkel media you can find the website merkel.media there's no dot com it's just merkel.media uh you can find us there the films are there the podcast is the confessionals that's what got this all started where i interview people on their paranormal experiences and you can find that on any podcast playing app well, huge thank you for spending time with us this evening and have a great rest of your day and look forward to hearing what you get up to next. Cheers, Tony. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers.